Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, good Tuesday morning to you, ladies and gentlemen, everyone joining us uh, for another episode of Making Mems coming to you live from the Channel Seed Studios. Those seedsmen are out there working hard, making deals right now, spending a lot of time with farmers. Um, great people. Anybody involved with the ag, I shouldn't say anybody, 94%, because every industry's got some turds, 94% of people involved with ag, great people. So we're coming to you from the Channel Seed Studios. I am Adam Pedersen, and the beautiful face that you all see beside me is Mr. Jordan Bohannon. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Good morning, sir. I just love the mornings. I love it. (laughs) Is that sarcasm? No. Well... Maybe if you asked me <laughs> if I had to get up for a six in the morning lifting session, then maybe I would say, there you go. I, yeah, I can't, but yeah, <laughs> the labor uh, days are over. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I do. Uh, boy, morning, morning lifts, not my thing anymore. I like to get up early, go to the farm, get some farm work done, then go back and do like a late morning, early afternoon lift yeah. when the body's really had some time to loosen up, especially in old age. I don't you know feel why. A lot better midday. Yeah, I I could never. This is I like how we're just starting the story. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Uh, I don't know why, but I could never like get a good lift in in the mornings. Like I just couldn't. If, if I could run, I could run all day and have a great running session, like go on the treadmill, or like in college if we had like conditioning in the morning, I would love that shit. But. I don't know. For some reason, dude, I could not like fathom trying to lift weights at six in the morning. I couldn't. Well, I'm sure I'm I'm sure the body's not like well, I don't know. I suppose if you give yourself the proper warm-up, it's fine to do it in the morning. Who was the biggest uh weightlifting animal that you had as a teammate at Iowa? Oh but wait, let me take a guess. I bet people will want to guess. My guess. So I talked about this with you on the podcast we did before we ever started this. My guess would be Tyler Cook. So the thing about Tyler, I'm glad you brought his name up because I was going to mm-hmm. say this. The thing about Tyler is I don't know if I believed him because he was a massive human being. His his <laughs> legs were bigger than my body. <laughs> but with Tyler, dude, he would get in the weight room and he would always say, yeah, like I never, never lifted growing up. And this dude would go in and like bench, you know, 285. Like it's nothing for 10 reps. Well, that's not fair. That's what I said. (laughs) 
You didn't have to do anything. I'm like, I'm over here busting my balls trying to get to 185 on bench. I can't even barely get there. Man. Freaking but he's a, he was massive. Uh, but no, I don't know. There's a, I had played with so many people. Jeez. Ahmad Wagner was an animal. Oh, yeah. He was football and basketball, wasn't he, there for a while? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we would do these. Uh, um, <laughs> pull-ups or what did it pull-ups the one with your arms this way not that way is that pull-ups or chin-ups? yeah pull-ups yeah. well yeah i think pull-ups chin-ups is the other way yeah so we do like these supersets at the end and one of our um splits or whatever you call them is it was pull-ups with the weighted pull-ups mm-hmm. and i would always be able to like be the like because i'm the lightest one so i would put the most weight on so like i'd wrap it around and you know, it was one for one day in like sophomore year and the strength coach would always hype me up because he knew this was my shit. Cause I would always, I'd always throw the heavy dumbbell on cause I could Here get it go. done. <laughs> and I'm looking over and I think Ahmad Wagner took it personal one day. And I put, I think I put like a fit 60, 65 on maybe. And I look over, Ahmad's doing like a 75 all of a sudden. I'm like, this dude is just an animal. Like, just pumped them out. I'm like, where has this been all? <laughs> Incredible. Uh, I've never seen someone be able to lift more weight than him. It must be nice. I've done, I've done pull-ups once in my entire life, and it was in high school when we had to do the uh, – I don't even remember what they called it. It was like the American something test that, like – was required for everyone in the country to do in high school. I don't know if they, I think they stopped doing it, but you had to do pull-ups and you had to do a bunch of other stuff. And so our whole class for PE is in there. So it's like boys, girls, everything. And I love the weight room. I can throw some weight around. I'm strong. I'm a big boy though. Pull-ups, not my thing. (laughs) So I'm struggling for like my second one. I barely get it up in front of everyone. Just rip a big old toot. Right in front of the whole class, just dropped a bomb on them <laughs> for everyone for everyone to hear. What and I was smelling? like, uh, I don't know if it did, but it was definitely I mean, everyone got a kick out of it, laughed. Um, thankfully, I'm someone who doesn't really get embarrassed. I can just laugh at myself. And so I tried to make a joke out of it. Um, but yeah, there for the whole class as I struggled to pull myself up. I got up there and with that extra oomph, dropped one right on the class. You know it's funny, like just the thought of you know how farting is just such such a not a normal thing people yeah. take like when you do it in public but it yeah. becomes a funny like if you if someone farted in class in middle school whole class is dying laughing the whole class you couldn't even you couldn't even focus on like the next hour because everyone was just dying laughing and then the whole talk around school is the kid that farted in class <laughs> yep. for the rest of the week Oh, man, and especially if you put just the right – if you want to do it on purpose, put just the right amount of lean on it off those hard plastic chairs in middle school, you could hear that thing three classrooms down. Yeah, but if you put the wrong lean on it, then you might have a little something come out. Yeah, boy. Might have to call mommy and go home and change your pants. Yeah. That never had to happen to me, surprisingly. Dude. Growing up, that ever – do you ever poop your pants? Dude, I did not. <laughs> I have a story. Oh my gosh, here we go. All right. Uh, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but we were in first grade and we were sitting down for show and tell. And a girl in my class, so back when I was a kid, like the style was like denim overalls for girls. They'd wear these denim like overalls that were shorts. 
a girl goes to sit down and a little rabbit turd. She like poops a little rabbit turd, drops out of her shorts onto the floor. And one of my buddies sat in it (laughs) and I watched the whole thing. And I never said anything because I didn't know what to do. And then he got up for show and tell. He was walking around the rest of the day at school looking like he had a smushed milk dud on the back of his Oshkosh no shorts. No. No one told him. And to this Wait. day, I think I'm the only one in our class who saw it because every time I tell a friend, they, they don't believe me. But I, wit- I witnessed it. A little rabbit turd, and he sat right in it. <laughs> That's so unsanitary, too. So you went the whole day just... <laughs> Just yeah. sitting down on it looked, like, it looked like someone mi- microwaved a milk dud and stuck it right on his oh. right butt cheek. Okay, that is <laughs> that is wild. Oh, that's my that's that's my poop your pants story of the week. Wow, boy, we came in hot on this podcast. Well, yeah, I came in hot <laughs> on the podcast. To, it was a little late; it's about seven minutes. I was I was coming hot too. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Well, you got to get the morning movements through through the body. It just happened so fast. I just didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, that's probably enough poop talk for today, don't you think? Yeah. All righty. Well, um, the Hawkeyes have had a rough go of it lately, buddy. They've dropped three in a row by, I think, an average of 18. Purdue, we all thought, could be the case. Iowa State, huge rivalry game. We thought could be the case also. Big environment, got some young guys on the team. Uh, The Michigan game was a little disappointing. Um, What is your – what's your thoughts right now? You're a former player. You know a lot of these guys. You are friends with the coach. What's your thoughts on the state of the Hawks right now? Yeah, I mean, if people remember when we talked about the first episode, we 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 talked heavily about Iowa basketball and mm-hmm. kind of what was laying ahead for them, and laid the foundation of what this season was gonna, excuse me, what it was gonna be like. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to really ever worry, especially. I mean, now I don't, I don't really care if they win or lose. Obviously, I want them right. to win every game. It doesn't really impact me like it like it used to, but yeah. Uh, I, I think they're going to be okay in the long run. My my thoughts is, like we talked about the first episode, Adam, but there's, this is going to be probably going to be a re- huge rebuild, rebuilding year for the team and Fran mm-hmm. and trying to figure out and decipher who who he's going to play going forward, not just this year, but in the future years too. So I didn't expect him to drop three in a row at any point in the season, but you know I wouldn't be surprised them being – you know, mid pack to bottom pack of the Big Ten. I mean, that wouldn't shock me at all. Just by looking at the overall conference and looking at how I was playing this year. But again, like we also talked about, if they were able to pull a little run together, they can they can make it. They can make a run in the, in the yeah. NCAA tournament. The only problem is, like we said, they were just run out opportunities. Iowa State was a huge opportunity. If they were able to go in there, that was going to be a huge quad one win to get their mm-hmm. season kind of jump started and make a little momentum push. Michigan also that's a game you can't lose you can't lose a home opener in Big Ten you know that is just starting off on the wrong foot of 0-2 is such a huge people I don't think people realize that one game difference from going one to one one to one because Purdue let's be honest the odds weren't in their favor to win that game yep um they they played a team that just came off a win a loss to Northwestern they were just primed to get you know blown out at home by Purdue 
but going into Michigan, you cannot lose at home after going 0-1 Big Ten Conference. I know it's easier said than done, but at the end of the day, starting 0-2, that is a huge, huge uphill battle trying to get back into talks of middle of the pack. Because if we're not middle of the pack in the Big Ten, they don't have a shot making the NCAA tournament this year. Yeah. Yeah, and then that – and. Starting 0 and 2, it hurts even more. Like the Michigan game, you're at home. There was a pretty decent crowd there. With 18 minutes to go in the game, Iowa was ahead. And then uh, it seems like this team, when uh, when another team gets hot, makes some big shots, Iowa has a turnover. The team will go down, and hit a layup after maybe a couple threes, and all of a sudden it's an 8 0 run. It looks like they get a little scared or a little nervous or like, Oh my gosh, we got to stop this. And this is kind of leading into a point I wanted to make and ask you about is they seem to panic a little when a run like that happens. And I think if to me watching the games, they feel a little, this sounds mean, but they feel a little leaderless. I don't think there's a one or two guys really stepping up to calm the storm or that can go down and get a bucket. Like Luca, you, Wee's camp, the Murray's, I mean, going back to Aaron White, Tyler Cook, they had guy. I feel like you guys kind of relished in like stopping the run. We'll go down and get a bucket or we'll yell at our teammates and like we've got the respect to from them. They'll, they'll listen. And I don't know. It just feels like it's a bunch of guys out there that but there's not one guy that can step up and do that. I was hoping that maybe it would be Tony Perkins. I'm just not sure if he has that that gene in him. Um to stop those runs. But I don't, to me, the Hawks feel a little leaderless, but maybe I'm being too harsh. No, I mean, I think being critical is, is, you know, it's necessary right now because they're definitely struggling on a lot of parts of their, everyone's basketball game right now as an individual and as a team. What I've been, because there's been a few, few of my friends just asking me about them, like what, what's the future going to be like, how they look mm-hmm. and how, how do you think they've been playing? Just the exact same way you've been asking. And another thing I've been saying too is, which goes along with your point perfectly, is they are leaderless. They don't have a guy that I'm not necessarily even saying a guy that's going to come in and you know get a bucket whenever they need one. Uh, that's you know that's someone that's just a bucket getter. I wouldn't constitute that as a leader. Um, obviously there's bucker getters that are leaders as well too, which Iowa has had a lot of them. I think the main thing they're, they're lacking right now on top of the leader list is a guy that's, I mean, is a leader that's vocal and willing to hold people accountable in the court. Exactly. You're saying mm-hmm. there's not a guy I'm seeing right now that's able to even, the little things, Adam, like this is what I see when I'm watching games that when there's a dead ball, there's no, there's no, the five Iowa Hawkeye jerseys huddling around each other, talking through situations that just occurred or what's going to happen. I mean, stuff like that is huge in my opinion, just having those little talks throughout the game when there's dead balls, having five guys come together. Also um, there's not, I don't, I just feel like there's a huge lack of, of communication as a team as a whole and that goes along with that point um but also you know look at what if a guy falls down on the ground there should be five iowa jerseys that go up or four iowa jerseys around that guy to go and help him up off the ground just little stuff like that is what i see and you know i, I want them to do really well i know franz is, is talking about these little things too because he's always brought this up to me because i've always tried to 
you know, be that guy that's able to do that. You know, mm-hmm. Connor was huge on that too. You know, he yeah. wasn't the most just, you know, stat heavy guy, but he was able to master the leadership of bringing everyone together on the floor and being able to accomplish and b- stay on the same page. I think that's where teams struggle a lot at this level is they have really good talent. They just don't are on the same, they're not on the same page ever. Mm-hmm. And I think Iowa, you see that right now, there's just guys that are not, they're not necessarily selfish, but you have freshmen coming in that are really great. They're talented players, but they're just worried about playing right now. And I was the same. Everyone's in the same situation when you're a freshman, you're just worried about getting playing time, Mm -hmm. but the great teams are able to bring those freshmen along as the season goes on or the sophomores that are coming up and starting to work for more playing time. The seniors are stepping in and saying, no, this is how we do this. Franz always does what he does, but Fran can say whatever he wants. He has to have guys on the floor that are actually the coaches on the floor mm-hmm. to be able to have this happen. And I, I know this because you, you brought up the leadership role. I, I agree with you 100%. There, there's just some, there's not one person out there right now that is willing to step up and say and take this team by their grip and say, this is my team. You guys listen when we're on the floor, I'm going to guide you guys. We're all going to be on the same page and we're all going to move the same direction. I don't, I don't see that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up uh, Connor. His absence is very evident to me. Um, one of the most annoying things I would see on social media and hear from my friends and stuff that weren't Iowa fans while Connor was a Hawk was that they all would talk, say he's, he's not good at basketball. And it would drive me nuts because he did so much for a team that did not go into a stat book, but with his leadership, his toughness and his incredible passing and just his ability to kind of weather the storms at time, his, his leadership is sorely missed right now. I think you can tell. So I'm glad you brought him up. Um, man, the another thing I noticed is we are getting smoked in the post in these games. Iowa State, Robert Jones. Now, granted, their their post players are 23, 24 years old. We got some young guys, but Cricky, he's I think he's 22 or 23. Uh Michigan has two post players that get career highs in points against Iowa. One of them eight minutes into the game, <laughs> and the other one early in the second half. Robert Jones for Iowa State looks like an All-American against us. And I'm very high on Owen Freeman. He's young, so he's got to learn a little bit and get aggressive. But I just wish that – I am I mean, this is this sounds kind of silly, but I was a post player in high school. I went up against the guys a lot bigger than me. I feel like the guys we have could do it, could step up, get aggressive, start making more of an impact and stopping some of the other team's post players. But it's got to be – a mindset it's got to be something that switches on where you want to be aggressive maybe a little bit of a psycho for the sake of your team um but yeah the post the post play is hurting us bad in these games yeah i mean you look at it too i mean we and we can talk about the state game in a second but michigan yep. you know we scored 80 points it's not like yep. our offense was kind of lacking the first half a little bit but i mean they still put up 80 points the problem was they gave up 90 to a team mm-hmm. that shouldn't be scoring 90 points and you know that goes along with i i I tweeted out like something last night about questions of of, uh Mm -hmm. any any, anyone has for us and one of them was about the defensive end and 
I always get this question about how all oh, Fran doesn't does Fran really teach defense? He doesn't really show because you guys are always really high on the de- defensive efficiency normally. And you know my my response is always the same way. Like yeah, our we work on defense ninety five percent of the practice. Obviously, it's all catered towards the offense because that's where our whole team is catered mm-hmm. towards is scoring points. Um, but the thing is. Teams under Coach McCaffrey will never, ever be in the top 15 defensively teams. You know, I'm talking about just Kem, just going off to like Kem Palm efficiency ratings. Mm-hmm. They'll never, ever be in the top 15 just because of how we play offensively. So we're always going to be having more possessions as a team than anyone else in the country. We're always going to have being, uh, more shots being taken more than anyone in the country. And with more possessions, that comes up with more possessions for the defense or the opposing team as well, too. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be a more chance for teams that we play to have more points per game just because of how fast we play and up tempo we play. So I and Coach McCaffrey, Coach Spara, who uh, retired here recently, he was always they were always big on letting it known that we have to try to be in the top 75, top 75 defensively. That puts up puts us up up in a great position where we're always going to be top three, top two offensively. But if we're able to go from one ten or in this, I think this year they're one fifty plus or one thirty plus or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're able just to go into the to top seventy five. That's not even the top you know fifty or top twenty five that are ranked schools. Mm-hmm. That's a huge difference because obviously you know. A, a, efficiency ratings efficiency rating but just being in that top 75 i think i think of the 66 or 64 schools that make an ncaa tournament i don't even know how many teams make an ncaa tournament anymore with the play-in games was it was it 64 68 or 68 yeah yep 68 i believe yeah i don't even count that play-in game as a no they're dumb i didn't like the expansion yeah it's stupid but anyway of the 68 teams let's say of the those teams that get into the Sweet 16, I think my last four years we ran the stat when I was at Iowa. I think in the Sweet 16, all 15 of the 16 teams were in the top 50 of defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that stat tells you right there. I mean, you don't have to be the, the best of the best defensively, but yeah, Iowa has done it where they've been in that range, and that's and you saw our teams who did really well. So that that's my point. Long point I'm getting at is if you ever just make a little switch like that, we're never going to be a top defensive team, and I don't think our fans want us to be a top defensive team. Yes, nope. they might say that right now, but you rather watch an offensive heavy oh, team, yeah. a defensive heavy team. I think we've yeah. had that established on the football side of things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, I would, yeah, we're it's it's the opposite of football. Iowa football defense, awesome offense. We're just begging for like top ninety. It's all we want. And only like this is such an Iowa thing too. Like how, Can how we big just sports get the fans top ninety. We, we're just like we're so close. Like each team, just put it together. Yep. Um, well, I have some more thoughts on Iowa, but we need we should talk Iowa State too because we got other things to get to. The nice thing about Iowa coming up. Um, Florida A&M, Maryland, Baltimore County, Northern Illinois. Next three games, great opportunity, I think, to 
forget some of these crappy three losses, hopefully put together three good wins, maybe gel a little bit more. Um, I did want to touch on one more thing. Uh, Price San- or uh, Peyton Sanford after the Iowa State game said that Iowa's just going through some stuff right now. There's a lot of stuff going on in the locker room. Um, he said, you know, if we just stick together, love each other, and support each other through that, that uh, we will be able to rebound and come together. Um, I know there's been some stuff in the past emotionally with some guys. I know Tony just lost his grandmother, and so um, I should we look too much into that? I mean, I know that might be a galvanizing point where guys are going through stuff to come together. I don't know what it is, but um, maybe that lends a little bit to what's been going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big proponent of, you know, I love Peyton to death. He's one of my favorite teammates, and he was someone I really wrapped my arm around when he got into Iowa because, you know, I, I, I saw some really great potential in him that he was able to, you know, he, he was a lot like me, right? Like he's an Iowa kid that just always wanted to play at Iowa, and I, always, mm-hmm. I thought so highly of him because of his dream of playing at Iowa. So we got along really great, and he is playing no matter how much – critical people get i mean he's, he's having a good year he is mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's not shooting the ball as well from three but um he's still in the high 30s and which which is really good he's rebounding the hell of the ball but you know I'm not, I'm not a big proponent of getting mid-season how do i want to put this put correctly giving insight i get not not necessarily insight because i i'd give insight too all the time when i was at iowa but I don't know. I don't know how to exactly word this right, but not putting the spotlight on something else. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it almost is like there's an excuse a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what he was trying to do because I know exactly what he was, you know, getting at. He probably was asked a really poor question Mm -hmm. and he was trying to, you know, he's trying to talk it through of not sounding like an excuse, but also letting everyone know what is happening. Sure. Because I, I don't doubt I don't doubt them all. I mean, there, I'm sure there there's always stuff happening mid season. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a shit show during season because there's <laughs> so many highs, there's so many lows, and the lows are rock bottom for a lot of people because this their this is their everything here. Yeah. And when they're when you're losing, it's the worst feeling in the world. You don't want to go out in public. You don't want to show your face. All that stuff. So you know, I'm not a huge proponent of letting more light into that area. Um, not saying it, he was trying to make an excuse, but you know, they just have to keep moving on. And, you know, that's something I, I told him paid personally too. You know, I reached out to him. I said, just keep, just keep doing what you're doing. You know what to do. There's no secret to what you're doing. I mean, you keep working hard, you keep putting in the time, you keep believing in each other, flash a couple smiles at practice. And that, that goes a long way. Just continue yeah. to do what you're doing. So I don't, I, I didn't want to come off like that, like as a, excuse that he's trying to but you know we know what you mean yeah right on all right well uh because it is iowa everywhere let's hop over and talk iowa state uh but before we do we gotta be iowa state uh one of the top agricultural schools in the world um and speaking of ag how about terraplex ag a great sponsor of this podcast and a partner of Iowa Everywhere. They specialize in drone technology, which is becoming more and more prevalent in agriculture today. It allows you to get a good aerial view of your field, maybe see where some nutrients are lacking in certain areas. 
Um, maybe you can, if you lose a cow, you can take your drone out and find out where in the world it's running around the countryside and go wrangle it up. Uh, there's been a few nights where I could have used the drone. Um, they're great. They're a great uh, company. You should look into them. Any need you have, they've got big drones, small drones. They've got ones that can go out and apply stuff on your fields. So go check out our friends at Terraplex Ag, even if you're not a farmer and you just want a drone to have some fun with or do some projects with, check them out. They'll help you out. Uh, I've never met them, but because they're a sponsor of our podcast, I love them, and I think they're great. You know what I always thought, and you have way more insight than than <laughs> I do, obviously. When I've been driving through the countryside, especially going to Western Iowa, yep. and there's during the – the season where they fly the planes and they drop everything on oh, yeah. pesticides or whatever. Yep. I was, I've always thought like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. <laughs> there has to be a better way. Is this bad? Is that bad to say or stupid? to say? No, there's uh there's multiple ways to do it. Uh, there's the airplane, which is tried and true done for years. Um, helicopters have since become a thing now where they can do it. A little, it's a little more slowly, but they can get in some corners and around some areas that the planes don't always get. Um, these things called haggies have become a new. That's uh, it's a ground sprayer, but the sides of it go super super high, so you can go out and do corn late season. Um, and now we have drones, so there's four options. Planes are, gosh, it's been so long since I've even got the price on the difference of them. I don't even know which one's the most efficient way to do it now, but the planes do work. Uh, the one problem is that they, they can scare your livestock a little. Cause let me tell you, buddy, we use planes, uh, off and on when those things fly over top of you, it is so loud and you don't really hear it coming until it's directly over top of you. I've been out in the field before in the summer, like rake and hay, and all of a sudden out of nowhere over the top of the tractor and just absolutely, you know, we were talking early in the podcast about pooping pants. It about causes that. What uh, what's the price? What's the price on like per hour? Or, I don't know oh how, how they calculate. It's probably per acre, and i I don't even I don't even want to say a wrong number. I honestly have no clue. It's been a while since we've done it. I have honestly no idea, but it's probably not cheap. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine just the the time to get a pilot to go because you would have to you have to have a special special license to fly that low, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I imagine if you did like eighty acres, say it costs you five grand. Hopefully, you're hoping that you know it's going to give you a ten grand of uh, extra yield potential on the field with the nutrients you're putting on, and so you hopefully you got to spend that, and then you make a little extra money with the foliar feed you're putting on late season. So there's roughly a number, probably. Yeah, I I just I was always fascinated about it. Like, yeah, it's how neat. low those planes go. Yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> it is pretty wild. Yeah, I think it's so. Cool. Yeah, but I've always thought there's got to be a better way. Uh, Props to those people, but there's got to be better. Way. It's probably who it's probably whoever you ask. There's probably people that say I love the plane. There's probably people that say, oh, these new drones are the way to go. Um, and if you do go that way, get them at Terraplex Ag. Um, and there's also probably people that say the high boys are the way to go. So it what's, probably just depends on who you ask. What's the hoggy? What, what was he talking? Haggy, that? that's like the high boy. So if you ever see like the big tall sprayers going down the oh, road, okay. yeah. it's the ones that can drive into the corn when it's like ten feet tall. And their booms on the side that are spraying stuff are still go high enough to go above the corn and not run it all down. What the the tires don't 
tires are very narrow. You do run a little over when you turn, but um, it's not a ton where it's like going to hurt you bad. And usually it can come back a little and uh, stand up enough where you can still grab it with the combine when you're out there in the fall. Can you do that with beans too, or is that just corn? You can do it with beans. Yep. Hmm. We got to get you out on the farm this fall or this summer hanging out. Oh yeah. We'll do some making memes videos out on the farm together. Then we'll go play a round of golf. It'll be a good time. I want to milk a cow. Well, I'll have an opportunity. I'm sure for you at some point, (laughs) the thing you got to watch out for, the thing you got to watch out for. So sometimes these calves, They'll just be a little slow getting going when they're born. And so uh, I'll get the mom in a head gate. And then there's like a little side gate you can open once you get her in. And then we bring the calf over and we'll start like milking it. And we'll hold the calf's head up there with its mouth open, trying to shoot milk from the udder into its mouth. And you like lead it with your finger a little bit. Hopefully it'll start sucking on your finger with the milk on it. And you can lead it to the udder. Doesn't always work. And then you got a bottle feed. But what you got to be careful for is these cows sometimes do not like when a human grabs onto their teat. And so you reach in there. I've gotten kicked so many times by these stupid cows. We're just trying to help them save their babies. You think they'd be a little nicer, but I wish you could talk to cows. I wish that was a superpower I had. Oh, but man, I've gotten kicked so many times. Then it makes me mad. And then I have a temper tantrum. Then I like use their udders for speed bags and punch them out of anger. And I shouldn't do that. That doesn't help any. That doesn't help anything. Getting mad. Isn't like when you milk a cow, it's supposed to be like a really good release of pressure for them, or is that mind just mad? No, it is. And then once you, yeah, they like it because they, as it builds up, they don't like it. And so after three or four kicks, eventually they hopefully get used to it and they stop stomping on you. Mm. Those sons of guns. Yeah. They're violent, violent creatures. Oh. Oh, yeah. You should see a mean one if it's if we have like two that are very protective when the calf is born. You you don't want to be in there. You don't yeah. want to get near the calf. They're coming at you. You better have your running shoes on. You better have your PF flyers on like Benny the Jet Rodriguez and get out of there. Also, it sounds like they get kind of aggressive. Yeah, most part, they're all good. Uh, but we have two of them when their calf is born. Very protective. You, yeah, we actually have one when we move it to the other barn. Uh, my dad will be on the skid loader. Um, like keeping the cow out of the way and moving the cow along while I'm bringing the calf behind me, behind him. But he's using the skid loader to keep the cow away from me and stomping me out. Wow. <laughs> it's quite an adventure sometimes. Yeah, that's fascinating. <sighs> yep. So there you have it. All right, Iowa State. Learning so Iowa much. State, <laughs> Iowa State has recovered well from their tournament in Florida to put out a, a couple big wins over DePaul and Iowa. Um I'm not trying to throw shade or anything, but I do feel like Iowa State maybe hasn't had a ton of big tests. Of course, they did play Virginia Tech and A&M in Florida, um, some Power 5 schools, but they are seeming to be rounding into form now. Um, They have Prairie View A&M, Florida A&M, Eastern Illinois, and New Hampshire coming up still before they get into Big 12 play, which will be an absolute onslaught. Um, But what's your thoughts on Iowa State so far? They're looking pretty good. TJ's kind of seems like he's got them coming together at the right time. Yeah, it's almost like they've. I mean, I never saw this coming just knowing TJ because he recruited me out of South Dakota State. He's always had similar teams that they're very defensive, heavily heavy, and I'm really committed on that end. 
mean, they're put up points this year, man. Now yeah. it's kind of it's, it's a lot more fun to watch. In the past years, I've you know I've never I've never flat out come out and say I cheer for Iowa State, but I always enjoy watching them just because you know I, I they're in Iowa school because I want to see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, it's a little it just feels a little different. Like they have guys that are able to put the ball in the basket um, together. Like they've always had one guy that's able to be you know that shot creator, make a shot when they need it, or shoot it from three. But I feel like this year they just have a lot of parts that just move really well for them to score the ball as as a whole, and they their offense is just you know it's as best it has been in Iowa State in the TJ era so far. But yeah, I I, I wouldn't be shy. I mean, I think this team gets NCAA tournament. I think they're probably mid pack in the Big Twelve. I don't see mm-hmm. them making a huge run in the Big Twelve just because how dominant their teams are going to be in the Big Twelve oh, this year. Brutal. Yeah, it's going to be a nightly test um i I think hands down big 12 is gonna be the best conference this year Um, i'm curious to see how houston's gonna do um their first year in the big 12 but yeah i know iowa state's look good good i've been really impressed doesn't shock me at all tj is a really great coach you've seen it what he's been able to do at iowa state through the years just his short amount of time he's really i mean he's changed his program drastically Mm -hmm. in just a few short years so you know, I'm I'm happy for them. I, I you know I've always enjoyed you know watching a program, you know, as much as I hate to say it because it's Iowa State, but I've always enjoyed a program that comes from not really they didn't come from it, but a few years ago they were you know they won one game or whatever in conference play or zero games. I don't even remember what it was, but mm-hmm. there ended up being you know a really powerhouse again. And that's cool to see, just to see a, a coach come in. You know, recruit some guys, get some transfers, able to ch- change the program drastically in a few years. That's that's respectable by anyone that loves basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I was w- watching the replay of the Iowa Iowa State game the other night, and Tame and Lipsy was at the free throw line, and I just was I just had this thought like, um, I bet this is really cool for him. Kind of like you, you grew up close to Iowa City, you got to go play for the Hawks. I bet a lot of your home games almost. I mean, you got to live out the dream that you wanted to do, like close to home. You probably had a ton of family and friends that could always see your games uh, at the next level. You know, he's an Ames kid getting to play at Iowa State. He's having a great year. I bet this is just like an absolutely awesome, like probably his most favorite time he's ever had in his life right now. He is playing really well. Um, He's probably one of the more underrated point guards in the country currently, not getting a ton of talk about right now. Yeah, I think if he's able to take this team to NCAA tournament, make a deep run. I mean, he has a, I mean, he's arguably one of the top point guards in the country just by, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know about number standpoint compared to other point guards, but just leadership, able to get a team moving in the right direction. You you can just see they have a guy that everyone is trusting with, you know, their lives right now on the court, mm-hmm. and that's powerful. Like we just talked about with Iowa, because when you're missing it, things just go south really quickly. And I don't see that as Iowa State. I mean, you saw the passion they played with in the Iowa Iowa State game. I mean, as much as I hated to see them, you know, get blown out by 25, you know, it's cool to see so much passion that Rye really is. Just it brings back so many good memories. Like I was watching, I was actually working out the first half because I had just, I just had so much adrenaline going. I did the same <laughs> thing last year. Um, I went to go go to the gym and shoot, and I was, you know. I'm just watching the game. I'm like, man, like thinking back in that moment of being a Iowa kid, like you're talking about Taman and um, like just living out your dream. There's no better feeling in the world to be like on that Iowa State court, 
right. or in his case on Iowa court in the rivalries, you know, spot. Um, I guess in his case, out of state court, but just being in that moment right there, like you're exactly right. He probably doesn't realize it right now, but in a few short years, same thing with Peyton and all the other guys that are on the court too. That that's something that they're gonna remember for the rest of their lives, and that's the coolest coolest feeling in the world looking back that you're able to take part in such a cool Cyhawk rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I know I heard, uh, John Miller, he talked about this with Chris when him and Chris did a pod together following the Cyhawk game. But, um, and I have thought this a little too, that I do think Iowa state, um, with, if Lipsy keeps playing at a high level and mom Silovich, you know, if he's a good shooter throughout the season, if Robert Jones can step up, um, and play consistently, you know, a good role in the post. I do think Iowa State has the team that, I mean, you, they Elite Eight, potentially Final Four. They, if they get hot, they could make a run. We're going to find out in the Big 12 what happens. But I do think they have the talent. I'm not saying it'll happen, but I wouldn't be shocked, I guess, to see them at least Sweet 16, Elite Eight, probably. Yeah, I mean, they have a bunch of guys that just hoop. They have a bunch of strong post players, a bunch of strong athletic wings. Um, obviously they have Lipsy that we've been talking about the point guard position. They have all the pieces to make a run. I, I mm-hmm. 100% agree with you. Um, and they have a really great coach with TJ. So, uh, Iowa state is, they're looking really good and looking really promising. They just got to get through the grind of the conference play as yeah. you know, I, I'll be the first one to say if it, it can be a grueling grind and it, no matter how good of a team you are, there's going to be droughts in a season where you're going to just feel like complete you know crap after mm-hmm. games and you have to another game back to back and i'm doing it 20 times in a, in a year that, t- that takes a huge toll on a lot of guys so mm-hmm. if they're able to just endure the long season they yeah they're perfectly set up to make a run in the NCAA tournament sure well uh they start off big 12 play at oklahoma and then the next game is a home one with houston so those teams are tough and physical, and we're going to find out um, a lot in those first two games. And then versus Oklahoma State and then at BYU. So three of their first four games, according to current rankings, like as we're talking right now, um, against ranked teams. So we're going to find out quickly. It's going to be it's going to be fun to see. Yeah, I mean, those <laughs> – I forgot about BYU too. I mean, you look at the, yeah. just the teams in the Big 12. It's just yep. – Baylor, Kansas, it's it's insane. Yeah. All right. Well, um, one more thing to get to here before we move on to some quick football chatter and some other stuff to end it. Um, we were talking about TJ, and uh, we talked a little bit about Fran. TJ, very stoic on the sidelines, doesn't react a lot. Fran, kind of the opposite. Um, we had talked a little bit before we started recording about touching on the uh, the Fran technicals. So take it away, buddy. Wow, you just dive right into that. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah. You know, the, the, I feel like through the years, especially since I've been out, there's always, he's had a few situations where he got technicals and really bad spots to the games in the past two years. And there's been that discussion, and we talked about this last night a little bit. Of us want to touch on it of just, you know, how, how much of an impact do those technicals have? Obviously, he got two of them, so he got thrown out of the game. Statistics, statistics are probably in Michigan's favor that they're going to win and mm-hmm. break that thing open even more without the opposing head coach. I mean, 
talk all you want players do play they're the ones that play they're the ones that make an impact but coaches make a huge difference so you know that was obviously a huge impact in the game the thing is and take this for whatever it's worth iowa Iowa state fans whoever is taking this a certain way the guy the guy has a passion for the hawks and i'll always i'll always 100 back the guy because of the opportunity he gave me and let me live out a dream of mine but he just he wants to win and if you have a coach that isn't like that you know you can say oh he, t- he makes excuses for the refs all the time he's always on them it's he's always the ref's fault i mean you can say what you want it, 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 he wants to win games and when you have a coach mm-hmm. like that I, I don't think you can harp, harp on it too much because he just wants to win and when you're wanting to do that i don't think there's a downside to any behavior obviously there's a line not to cross i think michigan's head coach made aware what that line is um yeah. a few years ago <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know I, I don't i don't think it's that huge a deal i mean he got thrown out of game so well probably get fined a little bit but at the end of the day he, he's you know he wants to win and wants the players to do well and um i don't see a problem with that ever yeah yeah you hear uh yeah there's a lot of i'm i don't know I'm I'm someone I'm kind of on the same boat as you. Sometimes it fires the team up. You got to get one occasionally, but I, there's you just hear so many people trash and fran after that stuff happens and I'm sure that it's yes, there's a lot of people who like how the stoic coaches on the sidelines handle things, but there's also a lot of coaches that equally scream and yell as much as fran that don't get teed up and so I think their reputation to some people isn't as bad as Franz, but Franz not screaming and yelling and going nuts as much as like, in my opinion, Brad Underwood, Tom Izzo, uh, Bill Self gets a little fired up at times. There's a lot of them that do. Um, you know, it's just, it is what it is from coaches. Some are a little more fiery, some aren't, but I'm with you. I, it's not the end of the world to me. No, it'd be one thing if he was doing it and there's no other coaches doing it, but and there would also be another thing if he was like the worst at doing it. I don't know why he gets yeah. that reputation of that he is. He's not. Just go, just go along the list of coaches out there that are Power Five co- uh, college basketball coaches and mm-hmm. see what they've done. I mean, the, Juwan Howard literally hit someone, and it's still talked about <laughs> how Fran McCaffrey's a bad character because yep. he is on refs all the time. And let me be the first one to say those fuckers and stripes deserve every single <laughs> scream and every single spit that gets from McCaffrey's mouth from screaming at them. They deserve it all because those mm. they're, they're corrupt. They're, 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 they're an industry that needs to be reformed in and they need to be put in, you know, federal prison. Yep. Well said, well said. <laughs> uh, you wanted to address some Juwan Howard rumors quick. Uh, I wonder what's it's, I don't know. Michigan is it's it's interesting. Like, what do you think's going on there? I don't know. I don't know if you were on social media because I know we didn't talk too much after the game. Uh, dude, I was seeing some stuff. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's just bizarre. There, there's rumors of him having an altercation with uh, the strength coach allegedly, and I don't I know. That. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if the rumors were true and if the strength coach actually wasn't there. I have no idea. I'm just reading off just what some people said on social media. So take it with a grain of salt, obviously, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It was just bizarre. Cause like Michigan just came off the win. Jawan Howard was just back. He's sitting on the bench. He obviously wasn't coaching, but he was on the bench. And then 
not even two hours after the game, dude. It was just like a weird turn of events that I don't I don't know if it's true. Obviously, it's all allegedly, but who knows? Uh, apparently, if you coach sports at Michigan, you turn into a bit of a goof. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, I guess time will tell. What a, what a spot for them though. If Howard can't coach, they have Phil Martelli, who was a great Division One basketball coach for a lot of years. Um, Gosh, I still remember. I think he was the – I hope I'm not wrong in saying this. I think he was the coach at St. Joe's when they had Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think he was. Man, those teams were fun to watch. That was – you were you were just a little baby. Um, and I remember watching their teams in the 2000s. That was fun. So, yeah, what a blessing for them to have Martelli to step in when Howard can't coach. Martelli's a legend. I Yeah, I've had great interactions with him. He's – a mastermind of the game of basketball, just a wealth of knowledge. Right on. All right. Well, um, let's move on here uh, before we wrap up before too long to a little bit of football chatter. Obviously not a lot going on right now as the Hawks get ready for the old citrus bowl. Um, There's been a lot of interaction on social media and people wondering what in the world is going on with Cooper DeGene. Is he staying? Is he going? He's had some interesting comments on Instagram Live and things he's been doing there. I'm going to put it out there right now. I, not because of anything that he said on social media, I just have a hunch. It's something in my body that tells me he's coming back for one last ride. These small-town Iowa boys that grow up dreaming of playing for the Hawks, you know, it's it's our pro team. We don't have anything else, but we have the Hawks or the Cyclones. And when you grow up, like I said, he grew, he's 25, 30 miles down the road from me in a little farming community like I am. When you dream of playing for the Hawks and it finally happens, that is hard to walk away from. And you look at all the guys who have come back when they could have gone pro. It's all high school Iowa boys who dreamed of playing for the Hawks. And something tells me that it's just not sitting well with him, that he got injured. Uh, Apparently him and Xavier and Wonkpa are like super tight. I could see him wanting to play one more year with Xavier. Um, I don't something tells me he's coming back, man. Yeah, you kind of get that feeling. I don't know. Just his how he grew up, you're exactly right. I'm just trying to think about my mind because yeah. I was an Iowa kid as well. I didn't you know, I, I enjoyed every single second of it. So I'm sure that this decision it's tolling on him a lot because he was cut short of a, you know, of a year. And anytime that happens to any guy, that's that's really tough to watch, especially him though, because you look at his background. Iowa kid and wanted to play for Iowa, dreamed of playing for Iowa, and his season was cut short. And he is in the midst of being, you know, making a lot of lot of money in the in professional football. Mm-hmm. So. I want to be shocked if he does come back. I honestly, I honestly think you're 100% correct that he is going to come back. I have that hunch too. It just it just doesn't feel just even talking about it, it doesn't even feel right that he would you know leave next year just because of how his season ended here. It's mm-hmm. almost like he was he's deserving a one one final year, one full final year. Yep, man. Um when he's back, when he's back home for Christmas, I kind of want to drive over there and see if I can convince him to give me the inside scoop. And if he does go or stay, let me break the news on social media. (laughs) But I have a highly doubtful feeling that that'll happen. Well, maybe. (laughs) Just show up on his doorstep on Christmas Day. 
with some Pedersen steaks. Say, these could be yours for the low price of letting me know what you're thinking. <laughs> um, in other Iowa football news, uh, something that is I wanted to shout out, something that is near and dear to my heart, as I've told you and all the people listening, if, is offensive line play. When I grew up, there was one man that I wanted to be like. There was one man who absolutely destroyed everything in his path when he played for the Hawks, and that was Robert Gallery. Are you mm. familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Robert Gallery was a hawk when I was in high school. And I'm telling you, his his film is absurd. He road graded people. He didn't give up a sack. He he literally didn't even give up quarterback pressure from the left side. Iowa's quarterbacks during his time knew that they were good. No one was going to bother them from the backside. And he recently got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, so I just wanted to shout him out and say congrats. Um, I would love to talk to him and have him as a guest on the pod sometime. I think that would be incredible. His, I'm telling you, like, I don't – if you pulled 100 Iowa fans who are, like, 30 and over who have seen, like, Gallery's days to now, I think 95 out of 100 are going to say Gallery is the best lineman in Iowa history. I don't think anyone – can really compete. I know Linderbaum, Werfs, his teammate Eric Steinbach have all been amazing, but Gallery is the clear number one in my opinion. That guy was a freak in college. That guy's a legend, dude. Yeah. Legend. Man, uh gosh, I just I just I wanted to he made me want to just kill people when I played O-line. <laughs> I wanted to be like him just destroy people's lives. So, shout out to him. Um, I wish I would have grown the hair long in high school. Like, he had it. He had it all long. And I think the sign of a good lineman is, like, long, greasy hair or maybe, like, scrody facial hair, and you're just absolutely super ugly, and you're just really good at what you do. That's a sign of a good lineman right there. there there's a few baby face. Lindenbaum was kind of a baby face. Yeah, he was. He was. So, shout out to Robert Gallery, College Football Hall of Fame. That's a big deal. Um, man. What an absolute stud when he played for the Hawks. Those were like prime, like hard-nosed Iowa Big Ten football. We don't talk oh about gosh. this year being hard-nosed football, but those years, man. Yeah. One of the best uh, – I mean, one of the ten best in my opinion. I'm not going to like actually go and try to do all this research, but I feel like it's got to be one of the ten greatest offensive lines in college football history. You had Robert Gallery and Eric Steinbeck, who are both – I don't know if Steinbeck is yet. But he probably will be a college football Hall of Famer. Steinbeck was all pro, pro bowl in the NFL. Bruce Nelson was the center, played in the NFL. You had Gallery. I mean, the lines with those guys were unreal. That was when, like, the bullies of the big started with those guys. And then on defense, you had Matt Roth, who whew, never knew what that guy was going to do. A few screws loose. Um, just unbelievable defense. The bullies of the big started right there with those guys. What uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I was really excited to ask the question. I forgot. Um, what uh, who was the I remember who was the offensive uh, line coach that year? Oh my gosh, O line coach. It could have been Reese Morgan. Reese Morgan. He was around for a long time as the O line coach, and then he was the guy like every kind of wasn't recruited. No one really knew about recruit that turned out to be a stud Hawkeye. Every single one of them was like, yeah, Reese Morgan, he found me. I don't know how, but he showed up at my high school and talked to me and, and the rest is history. Re- Gosh, we missed that guy a lot. He was so good. 
what a uh, was Brian Ferentz? Was he? He was or after that. Brian, I think playing, came in playing, 06. Playing wise, playing wise, I think he was like 05 to 08. I want to say. Okay. He came right after those guys. Yeah. So man, Iowa had a nice run of offensive lines there. You know, it's weird. I remember like those days watching football when I was like six to nine, like six mm-hmm. to eight range more than I remember watching football and as a high schooler. Is that weird to say? No. You know what I mean, though? Like, oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> those young sports, man, you remember it. Yeah. And when I was I had little, great team, I had great teams that those my high school years too. That was the CJ Beathard years too. Yep, Beathard. Oh man, gosh, those teams were so much fun. Uh, hopefully, we'll get back to that. I feel like we're going to get back to that next year. Uh, we were right there as much as I know. We already talked about. It. We were. Yep. Yep. That's why Coop's coming back. He's going to win the Heisman and lead us to the playoff. <laughs> He's going to play all <laughs> offense next year. Yep. Oh man. All right. Um. Gosh, I wanted to get to a soup ranking because it's winter, but do you think we have time? Up to you. All right. If they get mad at us for going a little over an hour, um, they can take it out of my pay. All <laughs> right. It's winter. It is soup season. I have my Mount Rushmore soup. Do you have any idea what your top four soups are? I only have <sighs> maybe you're not as food maybe you're not an insane food lover like I am. No, so I've I got am. I've got lists for everything. No, I no, I am. I just soup. I only stick with my two, really. Which are? Tomato and chicken noodle. I don't go outside that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Those two are legendary. I mean, I'll have some clam chowder when I'm on the east or west coast just to, you know, feel like what what the fish are popping like over there. But other than that, I stick with my little home with soup. Dude. Tomato soup, a little grilled cheese to dip in it and eat oh. with it. Legendary. A little crispy grilled cheese. Huh. Now we're talking. All right. I got my Mount Rushmore soup. My all-time number one, and I don't know if a lot of people would have this as their number one, but this is hands down my number one French onion soup. Oh. <laughs> That's the reaction I get from a lot of people. I feel like I, I just oh, it's so five. good. Oh, man. It's so good. Um, so that's my number one. Uh, my buddy's wife, Nicole, makes this soup, sausage tortellini soup. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. It'd blow your mind. It's my number two. My number three is my own homemade chili. Mm. I love my I, own I, chili recipe. I, like chili. I, I wouldn't classify chili as a soup, though, would you? Oh, well, I put it on my list. Well, I guess yeah. what else would what else would it be? I don't know, a stew. Stew. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Soup and Cinnamon roll with it. Dip the cinnamon roll in the chili. Okay, that is wild. You don't do that? Cinnamon roll with chili? Yeah. How does that even happen? Oh. Who told you to do that? (laughs) So Hassel and Williams had this debate like two months ago, but it is it was a staple in my high school, and and so many people I know did it. But then there's so many people that are like, what? You serve the cinnamon roll with the chili, you pull off a piece, and you dip it in there, and you eat that? unbelievable we're doing it sometime together you got to try it are those people okay mentally now i feel like i'm all there at least 78 percent there <laughs> you know what i do sometimes if i want to get crazy put a cinnamon roll in the bottom of my bowl dump chili over it 
and then just cut it to pieces out and eat it while it's in the bowl. That is wild and really <laughs> foul. <laughs> All right. And then my number four is pho. The famous Thai soup, pho. So good. Are you you an know Asian what this reminds me of? I've never had that before, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. It's so good, dude. Yeah. Uh, I've heard good things about it. Yep. I like uh, egg drop soup. This just reminded me. Ooh, egg, drop. egg drop's delicious. I like egg drop. Yep. Yes. Hot and sour. I could do, do hot and sour. Or what sweet? Hot and sour soup? Hot and sour. Yeah. I like mm. those. I like those too. Love it. All egg right. drop well, is phenomenal though. Oh. It is so good, man. I love talking food. All right. Sometime when you and I are together, we got to do, I got to introduce you to chili with cinnamon rolls. I'm not doing it. You got to at least try it. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. Fair. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to mention quick that I saw. Quick national. Oh, geez, Louise. My tweet went away. Um, since 2004, 100% of the college basketball national champions have been ranked in the top 12 of the week six AP poll. So currently, that is Oklahoma, Baylor, Tennessee, Arizona, Butler. Is that Butler? Wow. Yeah. UConn, Kansas, Marquette, Purdue, Creighton, Houston, and North Carolina. So if history uh, is accurate, one of those 12 going to be your champ. Well, just looking off the Blue Blood School, that was the last year Final Four. I'm so bad at the Final Four. As soon as they happen, I just forget who. It... Last year, uh, uh, oh my gosh. Florida Atlantic and UConn. UConn won it all. UConn. It was Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, UConn, and who did UConn beat to get there? They beat Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. But I don't remember who they beat to get to the Final Four. If anyone – all my friends are like this. Or too, I don't uh, remember who they beat in the Final Four, I mean. Sorry. Yeah, you just forget about the Final Four. Like, nah. you don't even remember who's in the – you talk about people, teams want to get the Final Four. You Something don't remember it. Nope. <laughs> don't remember it at all. That was a joke, guys. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> all right. Well, um, can I do a little self-plug here in our ending as we close out? Let's go for so it. So this is Iowa. This is Iowa everywhere. And so I have another podcast that I do. It's called Backroads and Bonfires. Jordan has been on it. This is how we met and kind of became buddies. Um, recently, I had on the Iowa Gallivant. So for you Iowa lovers out there, people who love the state of Iowa, you should go check out that episode. It is like an hour and 20 minutes of like a virtual vacation through Iowa via all the best food places to eat and cool things that the state has to offer. Um, so people should check that out. It's called Backroads and Bonfires with Adam Pedersen and friends. Um, but don't just listen to that episode. Listen to all of them. It's like a nostalgia bomb for 90s kids. And it's a it's a great podcast. We do lists, rankings, pop culture, random conversations. We talk about what bothers us. It's a good time. You have a lot of great guests on there. I will give you that. A lot of yes, sir. Guests. Yes, sir. You might be number one Aww. because it led to this. So you're forever going to be number one. Thank you. Yep. All right. You got anything to plug? Anything exciting coming up? Let's have a good week. Yes. Have a great week. Let's have a great week. Let's win some I, basketball, uh, and uh, let's make some mems. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got good. I still got good hopes for this Iowa basketball team. Yeah. I think, I think good, good days are ahead. Everyone, everyone, calm down. Everyone <laughs> great bounce back opportunity. And if for some reason it doesn't get better, just remember there's more to life than sports. I used to not think that, but I posted after the 
Twitter was just melting down after these last few games. And I posted like, let's just still be happy. It's the Christmas season. Let's find some joy. There's other things in life to do that can bring you joy besides sports. At the end of the day, it's going to be okay. And I'm, I'm also talking to myself while I'm saying that. Well, I have to talk to myself too about that too, because yeah. everyone happens. It happens to everyone. Yep. Yes. All right. Well, we uh, love all of you. Thanks for listening. Check out Terraplex Ag. If you're going to buy seed, buy it from Channel Seed. And also check out the Iowa Event Center if you want to have some good family-friendly entertainment or go to an awesome comedy show or concert coming up. Check out all those people. We love them all. They are great supporters of us. Until then, then, uh, keep making memes, and we'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Iowa everywhere.